0: Hey, mamas, and welcome to the Entering Motherhood podcast. This is your one stop, go to place for getting you from feeling drained, exhausted, and unfulfilled in motherhood to feeling more energized, organized, and accomplished. That's the vision I continue to navigate towards, and that's the vision we are sharing with you, focusing on holistic alternatives and restructuring your mind, body, and soul from the inside out. I'm your host, Sarah Marie Bilger, a wife, mom of two, mechanical engineer v-back mom and doula serving mamas through pregnancy birth and postpartum if you're here for this if you're as pumped up as i am and searching for that fire that you know is deep inside of you then let's go let's uncover what it truly means to enter motherhood you are a rock star i believe in you let's doula this let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together Hey mamas, how are you? We are kicking off this Monday morning, going in strong for the week. I am here for you. I am so ready to share this information with you and really talk about our pelvic floor and what we can be doing to help rest and recover and heal from birth, how we can prepare for birth, how we can get into the postpartum period and really honor ourselves during this time and learn what it is that's going on here and we you know spit out some really interesting facts that I just can't wait to share with you. So this is going to be such a good episode. I am super excited to share it with you and and dive in. So enjoy it. Get this week going and get pumped up to learn how amazing our bodies are, and just Catherine's story and and what she does for moms. So enjoy it. See you later, mamas. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am glad to have you here today and get started with this conversation. So how about we start off first by
1: you introducing yourself? Thanks, Sarah, for having me. Yes, my name's Catherine. I'm a physiotherapist and I I specialize in all the women's health area. I realized from a very early on, I think most people go into university to study physical therapy or physiotherapy um, because they hear, hear mostly of the sports side of things. And that's the most commonly known about. And that's all I knew about when I was heading into my degree. But I soon realized that Like in Australia here, we have something called Aussie Rules Football, the AFL, and it's in the middle of winter. And I soon realized that massaging sweaty hamstrings on a cold winter, (laughs) cold winter's day was just not my thing. And I, I, I discovered I had a placement with women, helping them after having a baby in hospital. And I just fell in love with all things women's health, all things pregnancy. You know, I was a young 20, 20 year old, just loving this new world of women's health. So I've been there ever since.
0: Amazing. And what was your experience like entering motherhood for the first time?
1: Oh, it's yes. Good question. Um, So I've got a 10 year old an eight year old and a five year old. So it was, you know, quite a while ago now, but I don't think those first few weeks and months and years ever leave you. I think there's so much, and this is why I love doing what I do because there's so much focus. I don't know if you feel the same, but placed on pregnancy. And when you're pregnant, you're preparing your baby, the nursery, and you're buying prams and, you know, getting the right cot. And then you're doing your childbirth education classes. And then for me, it like pregnancy and childbirth, they're just nine months and I like there's this whole afterbirth experience where your whole, you know, they, they they call it um here we call it matrescence. I don't know if you know that term. Is yeah, like it's just this whole becoming of a mother that I think. On the whole, I know in our society where I live in Australia, we're, we're grossly unprepared for, and I think everywhere in the world. Um, so the focus for me on helping women prepare for that recovery, for me physically is a physiotherapy, but obviously a lot goes, um, yeah, body, mind, and soul. Like for me, I think that's so paramount because, for, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing with a newborn. It, I was stressed, permanently stressed for the first six, 12 months of my life. Like, highly anxious and yeah, wasn't fun.
0: So what was it like, like how much experience had you had at that point working with women and seeing mothers before you entered motherhood for the first time yourself?
1: I have in my career, I have worked in different areas. I worked in hospital quite a bit, but I've always worked part-time, you know, doing Pilates in a women's health physio clinic. And um, helping women with their aches and pains, but it was always as a part-time capacity. And it wasn't till I had babies that I ended up doing more postgraduate training um, at uni and diving full-time, well, full-time in my part-time capacity <laughs> as a mother into this side of things. So Yes, I'd had lots of exposure, but more so from a physical side of things, helping women feel good physically during pregnancy, helping them exercise, helping them recover. So the actual motherhood side of things, no experience at all.
0: Did you ever have patients relay things to you at appointments or like talk about things or like hint towards like what motherhood potentially was going to be like before- you know, like experiencing it yourself?
1: Oh, such a good question, Sarah. And I reckon we we only hear what we're ready to hear. Like you hear stuff all the time. And I remember thinking, my baby's not going to stop me, you know, living my normal life. I'm still going to go out and see my friends. Like, what do you mean you can't? It's not as easy to go to restaurants with a baby. <laughs> like I'm sure it was all said, but until you're ready to hear it, it's like everything in life, right?
0: Yeah. You yeah, I completely agree with that, right? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of one of those things where we're like, "Oh my gosh, like why did nobody tell us about this?" But it's like maybe they did or maybe they hinted at it or maybe it was all kind of around you in the first place, but then like you weren't aware of it or had that understanding of it.
1: But having said that, I think the way I always heard about it was from a negative connotation and I always felt, "Oh, well, there's nothing I can do about that." So you so you sort of wipe it from your mind. Whereas if that information was coming more from a place of, you know, if you try X, Y, and Z, it may help you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if it can be more constructively put together in a way that's supportive, I think that's very different from saying, oh, you're going to have no sleep or just you wait until you can't go out anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's something that, you know, like I try to, be, you know, real about the occurrences, but also like give people tools to like navigate working through those hard times so that it's not something that, you know, you're like being pulled down from or like feeling like, wow, we're stuck here and this is just the way that it is.
1: Yeah. It's a time to help boost people up, not pull them down, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. What are
0: some things that you have really felt or that you using your practice to work with mothers to help prepare their body and like more specifically their pelvic floor for birth?
1: Yeah. And this is an area I love because, well, I think first of all, when we say pelvic floor, that's not really a term you talk about. And then suddenly you get pregnant and everyone's talking about, pelvic floor and you got to do your kegels and all this sort of thing so i think that in itself like there's research showing how beneficial pelvic floor exercise can be in terms of helping with those postpartum outcomes so essentially um our pelvic health refers to you know not peeing ourselves, being able to stay dry when we cough and sneeze, um, having no prolapse symptoms, so not feeling any vaginal bulge or lump or pelvic heaviness, Um, you know, good sexual function with no pain or discomfort. So when I'm talking about pelvic floor, it's almost like we're encompassing that whole area. And it's true that pregnancy and childbirth are big risk factors for pelvic health issues. You know, as as we'd expect, like everything stretches as the baby comes through. And our pelvic floor muscles, and I love this fact, pelvic floor muscles can stretch up to three hundred percent as the baby passes through them. So that's three times their length. And in comparison, and don't quote me, I need to know, I've heard that hamstrings they they stretch twenty percent their length before they tear whereas pelvic floor can stretch 300%. So they're perfectly built for the job. You know, we've got beautiful hormonal changes that happen and there's this capacity for them to stretch. But al- along with that does sometimes come weakness and these issues. And that's why I'm really, this This is what I do and my program does. It's all about helping women do what they can to support this area because the facts are we are all at risk, even if you have a cesarean birth. You know, being women, we have a wider pelvis, we've got our hormonal changes. It's not just about childbirth. Yeah, being female compared to our male counterparts, we are more at risk of these issues. So I think all women should pay a little bit of attention um, because there's lots of really nice proactive things we can do.
0: Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit more? Whereas, you know, with a cesarean, even if it is like planned or unplanned, like why we still need to be focusing on this area?
1: Yeah, so the research shows us that straight after having a baby, if you have a vaginal birth, that you are more at risk straight after the birth, whereas but if we let time pass us by, by the time we hit menopause, if you've had a baby, no matter if it's vaginal or cesarean birth, you're all at the same risk as each other. And that's the hormonal impact. So yes, you might have less risk factors early on in your motherhood journey, but unfortunately that is the way it is. And that's what research, what I believe is showing us now, this might change as research goes on. But yeah, I think you can imagine though, with nine months of baby weight stretching on top of this muscle, there's going to be a bit of stretching happening, whether or not it doesn't matter what mode of delivery.
0: So what are some things that we can be doing or focusing on to really help prepare for everything?
1: Great question. So I like to discuss it in terms of like three main aspects or four. The first one is identifying if you've got any issues before you're even pregnant or during pregnancy. Um, So, you know, just identifying if you've got any red flags or anything that you just should perhaps go and have a check with your pelvic health physiotherapist. Um, so I've got a pelvic health checklist, which I can provide a link for. It's free where people just answer yes-no questions. And if you answer yes to any of the questions, then I recommend you go and seek help. Because sooner I really do think early identification is key. Because the earlier we can identify these things, the sooner we can manage them and treat them treat them, which is much better than just letting them hang on. So that's the first thing is early identification um secondly is we know general exercise really helps and and i know it's easy to say that because when you're pregnant or when you're a new mum, you're also busy you're tired you know we might be achy and sore i know for my second birth i second baby i had terrible pelvic girdle pain and i struggled to leave the house for a couple of weeks you might be feeling nauseous so it's it's not As easy just to say go out there and exercise, because I think during pregnancy, we perhaps need to care for our body in a certain, you know, in a way that helps nourish our bodies. But the second point in terms of looking after our pelvic health is look at your overall general fitness and exercise. And is there anything you can do to help complement that? You know, to help make it easy to nourish your body. So I don't mean going to the gym for an hour or a long run that's going to exhaust you. I mean some nourishing exercise that you can maybe do with your toddler next to you or with your baby sleeping and, you know, just simple things, short, what's easy to fit into your lifestyle during this crazy period. So that would be the second thing. The third would be looking after our pelvic health. So finding out about your pelvic floor muscles. And this is a whole topic in itself. I could talk for hours on this. But this is essentially everything I teach my moms inside Fitness Mama. It's how to do a nice pelvic floor exercise, how to relax the pelvic floor muscles because it's not all about strength, 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 especially for childbirth. You know, as I said before, we want those pelvic floor muscles to relax and release. We want that opening, that birth canal to be nice and, you know, super open and relaxed, not zipped up and contracted. So Yes, pelvic floor exercises could help with postpartum recovery outcomes, but pelvic floor relaxation is really important for helping to the birth side of things. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That reminds that's a um very good point and I think something that a lot of times is like overlooked that like you know we need to make sure that it's doing both. And you might think that you know you're working towards something that's helping, but it could actually be the opposite of what you need to be doing. And I think I think that message is like starting to become like a little bit more
1: common uh, obvious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like
0: like common of a thing that's being talked about. But it, it's just like one of those things that you know, you don't know. And then you're not yeah. like always the the specialist in all of these, these topics. And like, nobody expects every single mom to know every single thing about everything that's happening to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Absolutely. why it's so great to like reach out and find resources and find people that are, you know, learning all of this information to really help incorporate ways that we can be you know, learning more about our body and just learning more about, you know, the changes that are occurring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think like what you said is exactly right because when I see like women what clinically, but in my membership too, generally about, uh, let me take a step back. I think 30 40 years ago everyone started to become aware aware of pelvic floor muscles and the power that they had so we all started talking about doing more kegels and doing more exercises and now there's a bit more of a shift towards recognizing that some women actually don't need to do heaps of exercises and like some of us might already have overactive pelvic floor like they might be overactive and weak that's another conversation for another day but like if you're noticing you're highly stressed or you're highly anxious you might notice you lift your shoulders up and you've always got a headache and you know painful neck we hold our muscle tension in our neck and shoulders sometimes whereas for other women might have a lower achy back and you might notice you're always gripping with your abdominal muscles and tummy muscles and your pelvic floor muscles so some of us might be weak, sure, but others might actually be overactive. And if you've ever had sexual pain in the past um, or chronic pelvic pain, like endometriosis, interstitial cystitis, like PCOS, any of those sorts of chronic pain conditions, you might have a tendency to have overactive pelvic floor. For you. So for you, you might need to do more relaxing does that make sense? So yeah. not everyone is the same. And that's why after every workout that I give my pregnant moms and new moms, I'm like, okay, let's do a set of pelvic floor exercises. And they will always include both of those aspects of lifting and zipping up and also the releasing and relaxing because I don't think any one of them should be neglected.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important. So what would you say is maybe – the a common reason that women are coming to you for your services? And how can you, I guess, address that issue? Like if you had to name like one most common reason.
1: Well, from an exercise perspective, it's because they are finding their exercises gone down, 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 they just aren't finding they've got the time to prioritise themselves or focus on themselves. They're finding it hard to leave the house and they just want to be able to do something that's quality exercise that's going to help their body during this important phase but that they can do whilst toddler runs around causing havoc or, you know, they can do something if they've got pelvic girdle pain, they don't have to get in the car, leave the house, drive somewhere, find a park, wrestle their toddler in and out of the seatbelt, You know, so that simplicity of doing quality exercise at home is one reason why women come and see me. And then the other is the pelvic health issues, whether or not they've actually already got leaking issues and they want that motivation and reminder to do their pelvic floor exercises or whether or not they want to prepare their pelvic floor for birth. And that was actually one more aspect I didn't talk to you about is that perineal massage There's some beautiful research now showing that that can help to reduce your risk of third and fourth tears and episiotomy. And perineal massage, you know, I I understand. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Like not everyone will want to do it. But um, there's other ways of incorporating those principles and in terms of helping prepare your pelvic floor for birth.
0: That's awesome. What is one thing that maybe you feel all new moms or most new moms or, um, you know, like whether they're pregnant or newly postpartum should maybe understand or know that you wish that you would have known.
1: Oh, I've got a whole podcast episode on this. I've got a like, so when I was two weeks after having a baby and I am I'm, I'm sharing this because I reckon a lot of women identify with this. So during pregnancy, this is my first baby. My second was a whole new story, whole different story. But with my first baby, I I loved getting out there and going for walks and doing Pilates classes. I worked in a Pilates studio at the physio clinic. So I was really fit and active and and felt pretty strong. I had a a good birth, so relatively textbook. Um, They said, everything's great. So at 2 weeks after having a baby, I remember I was asked by a friend, they said, "Let's I want to meet a baby. Let's go have a quick coffee." So we chose a venue close to my house, and off I, you know, it was a big big morning. I got baby fed and got my nappy bag ready, and it was my first outing by myself, 2 weeks postpartum. So I got it all sorted and off I went to the cafe to meet my friend. Had a coffee, like I had a couple something a small bite to eat and then I knew that my baby needed a feed and I really wanted to get home in order to feed the baby because I was not confident in breastfeeding in public at all so I went home I quickly went to the local supermarket bought some literally milk and bread popped them under the pram but by the time I was getting home it was a good two to three hours after I'd first set out so before I said during birth, our pelvic floor stretches 300%. Like They have to stretch a lot. So they're a weakened, stretched muscle. And I had been upright against gravity. I'd been sitting, I'd done a little bit of walking, not much, but I'd been always up against gravity. So you can imagine stretched pelvic floor muscles under the load of gravity for two to three hours are going to stretch even more. So what happened is on the way home, and I'll always remember exactly where on this hill you know, I was about 50 meters from home and I suddenly started feeling this massive, like this heaviness sensation. And I I said to my husband, when I got home, I said, I feel like I've got a ton of bricks sitting on top of my pelvic floor. I feel like everything's going to just come out. It was the most strange sensation, bizarre sensation. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, or unfortunately, I knew exactly what it was. Those symptoms of prolapse that I was experiencing. And the reason I share this story is because you could be the strongest woman in the world. Like you could have done everything right, but if you've just had a baby, whether or not it's vaginal or a cesarean birth, everything's stretched. So whether or not your pelvic floor muscles have stretched heaps or your abdominals have been sliced through, like everything is weakened. So for me, putting that load of gravity on top of those muscles for three hours was enough cause my symptoms of prolapse. And this is where I think there's, there's a very fine line between feeling good to suddenly not feeling good postpartum. There's no gray area. There's no warning signs. You either feel good or you don't feel good. And so this is one thing Like if you're listening today is my biggest piece of take home information would be those first six weeks care for your body in terms of, like you might feel great. And that's amazing, but your pelvic floor muscles have just, they will be your weakest link can guarantee all your abs if you've had a cesarean. So if that's the case, you need to work with your weakest link and build up so that your weakest link is never left behind. Like what I did, I was fine to walk 20 minutes. My body was fine to walk 20 minutes, but my pelvic floor was not fine to walk 20 minutes plus sit for two hours, plus walk 20 minutes home. So, um, yeah, listen to a podcast episode. I can give it to you where I just give a few tips in terms of helping to support your pelvic floor during this first six weeks because I really do think it's it needs love. It needs self-support. It needs a bit of caring for Yeah. And I
0: mean, obviously you just mentioned your podcast. So if you could kind of like tell us what your podcast is, like where we can find it. And then also like where else you're hanging out on social media and how we can get in contact with you.
1: Yeah. Great. So thank you. My podcast is called the Fitness Mama Podcast. So F-I-T-N-E-S-T mama m-a-m-a and you'll find me on instagram at fitness mama website fitness mama um but yeah i've got some great podcast episodes um with some guests and solo episodes it's all focused on helping you have a wonderful pregnancy childbirth and afterbirth recovery i love essentially. It.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, because you have that personal experience with this as well. And I think like that really helps in the work that you do when you have that background and that knowledge of what it is like to go through different situations and being able to bring that to your clients and being able to address that in a way that's relatable Uh, I think that really goes a long way, especially in like motherhood, pregnancy, postpartum. I think having that knowledge really helps give us that feeling of like, we're not alone. And like, we do have somebody who understands us and cares for us and wants that care for us.
1: Yeah. And I think having that sort of community as well, where people can ask questions. It's something that I never had with my first baby, you know, Instagram was, I think, just being launched that year, 2012, I think. Anyway, I just, I know how, you know, in our current day and age, communication has never been so easy, but communication has never been so hard as well. So having that sort of a village um, in person, but also I think an online community is a really nice complement to an in-person village because sometimes my mums say, they say, oh, i ask questions in this online group where, which I don't ask my mums usually. They feel a bit more anonymous or I don't know. It's quite interesting. So I think having a combination, like you always want to have your in-person village as much as possible, but having a bit of an online community, I think definitely has its benefits too.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and coming on and really letting us get to know you more.
1: Oh, thanks, Sarah. I feel like we barely um touched the tip of the iceberg, but it was I great know. to share. I loved it. <laughs>
0: Thank you, mamas, so much for listening. Remember, you are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hit that subscribe button. Share this episode with a friend. Message me, email me, call me, beat me. You know how to reach me. We're doing this, mamas. I am so excited to catch you here next week. This is your one-stop, go-to place for helping you find the resources you need to make the best choices for you and your family during pregnancy, birth, and most importantly, postpartum. See you later, mamas!